Let me tell you about the show's newest sponsor, Juniper Mountain Coffee. You can check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com and check out everything that they sell. I really like what they say on their website. And guys, if you are a coffee connoisseur like me, this here American company that's not run by a bunch of wokesters might be worth checking out for you. What they say is, we roast coffee for those loyal to a lost way of life, those that never back down in the face of adversity, the ones that keep their word, treat people with respect, and still believe in the importance of hard work. We offer some of the best coffee in the world and look forward to earning a spot in your cup. And they have definitely earned a spot in my cup. Whether you like light roast, dark roast, ground already, or not ground, you just want to order it fresh. And they even have those little pod things for those of you that just make one cup at a time. I drink too much coffee for that, so I don't do that. And they also have a cold brew. But it's a great company, great story. Uh, You guys are going to dig these guys. Check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. This is that time of year when it's really time to turn up the heat on your scouting. We're going through summer. Season's going to be here before you know it. And I don't care if you're going after mule deer, whitetail, the mighty whoppity, whatever it is. Scouting is imperative and it makes it much easier when you use trail cameras where they are allowed. And uh, let me tell you something. I, I like trail cameras that are easy to use, functional, and have good quality pictures. That brings us to SpyPoint. SpyPoint trail cameras. You can check them out at spypoint.com. And it doesn't matter if you're looking to do one of the cell cams, like the Flex X or the Flex G36 or the LM2. They have some great deals on their website. Like right now, if you check them out, they've got some clearance cameras going on on the cell cams. You can also get a cell link that attaches to any regular cell camera and will uh, transmit pictures right to your phone. The other trail cameras, if you're way out in the backcountry and don't have phone service out there, the Force Pro S and the Force Pro are my go-to cameras. I absolutely love them. If you guys saw the pictures from this last bear season, they were really high-quality pictures, and they were all done with that Force Pro camera. So check it out, guys, at spypoint.com, and let them know the Western Huntsman sent ya. There exists a threat. From anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive, and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman your host coming at you from the broken time studio out here in cold snowy wet and rainy western montana and uh, brought to you by eastman's hunting journals guys thanks for tuning in if if you have been paying attention uh to this show over the past few years uh, especially if we kind of roll into the winter months because this is when we tend to deal with a lot of um you know political issues legislative issues Uh, anti-hunting, pro-hunting, all these things that we talk about. Uh, But over the last few years, a big topic has been the uh, shenanigans, if you will, coming out of Washington, the state of Washington, specifically Western Washington. 
And uh, you know, the, this a lot of this derives out of the uh, the the Fish and Wildlife Commission. Uh, some of the commissioners on there, we've we've had a commissioner on the show. Uh, I have tried to get other commissioners on the show. They have uh, the the ones that that don't seem to be you know super aligned with a you know a hunter's philosophy have all declined to come on the show uh, point blank. And so um, I wonder why. Uh, but that uh, kind of has brought us to this episode, and I'm really excited to do this one. So we've got uh, a return uh, veteran to the Western Huntsman show. His name is Mike Hers. He's been busy down killing all the mule deer in the state of Utah. Sorry, you Utah folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Mike's, Mike Mike took care of it. You don't even need to go out. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, buddy. Thanks for having me. We have got a uh, a buddy of mine that I met social media wise, um, and he's my new uh, my new bear hunting homeboy, uh, Josh Capel. How you doing, brother? Doing great, Jim. Thanks for having us on. Uh, you bet. Thank thank you guys for coming on. And then uh, two new friends that I've I've never actually met, uh, Kelsey Ross. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for having us. And Corey Maxwell. How, how's it going, brother? Great, man. Thanks for having us all again. Hey, so I think it would be good to not spend too much time, but I think it'd be a good idea to have everybody just kind of give us a snapshot of who you are um, and and what has brought you to being on this particular episode. And um, I guess I'll just I, I'm just going to kind of go in the order that I have you on my screen. Is that cool? <laughs> everybody give us a little introduction. Corey Maxwell, you're you're first, brother. All right, man. Um, well, yeah, Corey Maxwell, uh, born and raised in Washington. Did a little time out in uh, Northeast Ohio in high school. Um, been a mariner my whole life, offshore, international, uh, newly last five or six years, uh, junior skipper at the Washington State Ferries, but been hunting my whole life, man. And uh, kind of had my head in the sand the last couple years being offshore, not really knowing kind of what's going on at home. And then, uh, I met a gal. I went to one of the elk shape camps, just kind of trying to meet some new people. And about a couple weeks after, she sent me a a podcast link to that Randy Newberg's podcast. He had two gentlemen on from Washington State, and she told me to take a listen. And I feel like I got punched in the face with some realization that I'd kind of really had my head deep in the sand, and not really participating, and uh, uh, really not believing what what was actually going on at these meetings. And uh, kind of jumped head first into asking questions and seeking out people that had more information than me, and uh, it led me to this to this group that we're all affiliated with, uh, the Conference Conservation Coalition of Washington, and uh, brought me here. How long ago was that, Corey? Because uh, I think I know what Newberg podcast you're talking about, but uh, when was that? Oh, and I listened to it, so I think that was in July. I want to say maybe early August. Um, okay. And then, um, no, I think it was still July because we had that comment period that I spoke at uh, over Zoom. I want to say, yeah, it was middle of summer. It was right around there. I, it would have had to have been before August. So I think gotcha. it was uh, early July, late June. So you're kind of you're kind of new to this game. Uh, with in, in yeah, terms man. of the the recent recent uh, stuff going on over there, yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, yeah, I am. I, I 
I was one of the ones on the fence, like, ah, it's not as bad as, as people are saying, you know, uh, I wasn't much of a predator hunter growing up. Um, I spent a lot of time, like I said, most of my life was spent offshore tugboats, fishing boats, and my money making season was the summertime. And I really didn't get home until, you know, October, November. And so I was full on into black powder and rifle hunting late in the game and mm-hmm. kind of started dabbling in bears when I took a, uh, a coastal job. And then all this is kind of, kind of erupted my face and realized I'd kind of, like I said, a hundred times over, I've had my head in the sand. Yeah, man. And, and there's no shame in that, Corey. I think that there are that I would say that like the majority of hunters in the state of Washington are kind of in that situation where, you, you know, they're maybe it, it, not, not by choice, but they're not paying attention to the details of, of what's going on. Yeah. And, and then, and this is by design by the anti-hunting folks and the, and the folks that want to push some of this legislative stuff that is, uh, you know, it's bad for hunting and bad for conservation. Uh, you know, it, this, it's not like they're putting this on, you know, the front page of every newspaper everywhere. And so it, it's, I think that there's a lot of hunters and a lot of sportsmen, um, that are just kind of, coming around to realizing how deep this cut has been and so um yeah we're glad to have you in in this fight for sure dude um yeah man josh josh capel you're up next man give us uh give us a little background brother uh so i have uh grown up all over the west um i'm pretty new to washington i i still feel i've been here since 2016 um lifelong hunter um i i work in the construction industry um by day uh in seattle unfortunately most of the time um so i uh i do a fair bit of hunting still now i trap still now um and it's not something that I really plan on giving up anytime soon. So it's kind of why I joined uh, the fight here with um, what's going on with Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say I became aware. Well, I, I suppose I should back up. So I, I'm a lifelong hunter. Um, I've grown up in and come up in a lot of rural areas. Uh, conservation was never really the forefront of my mind. I always kind of had this belief that it, it was for the eco, eco like environmentalist types, uh, as far as conservation went, um, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, coming to that revelation, in addition to what was going on here in Washington, it was right at the very beginning of the spring bear debacle. Um, I, I was just spinning my wheels, uh, how to get involved. Um, what, were there any sort of resources, uh, available to get involved? Um, mm-hmm. little did I know there were a lot of folks that had the same, the same question. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, hey, there's, there's a lot of folks that don't even live in Washington then that, uh, have a lot of questions. Um, it's just, some of the stuff is just bizarre, man. Let's be real. Uh, you and I connected, Josh, last spring, uh, kind of uh, centered around spring bear hunting, didn't we? We did, indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, I you... had I had gotten a, a bear tag um, for Idaho 
uh, I've got family that live over there in uh, uh, Priest River. Um, oh, nice. I decided to head over, do a bear hunt, picked up a wolf tag while while I was over. Um, went over and just kind of beat the snot out of myself for a week. Uh, it was pretty early on in the spring. Um, access was was real tough. Um, so, yeah, I actually came came back from that trip um with some questions and reached out to you yeah are you gonna come come see me this uh this spring for bear this coming spring oh absolutely sweet man we're gonna have to rendezvous at that secret spot uh because it's it's uh it's been interesting there buddy <laughs> we'll talk about it off air um All right. okay kelsey ross kelsey give us a little background on on who you are and what brought you brought you to this point and and uh it'll be good getting to know you hey so i'm also a member of the coalition i um have always been an outdoor enthusiast um rock climber hiker and I've, but i've always had a fascination and have been drawn to hunting so i'm an adult onset hunter i I'm originally a butcher by trade. Um, I have three kids, so that's what I do now. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have a daughter who's seven with pretty significant special needs and a rare genetic dis- uh, genetic disease. And I oh, wow. have two uh, twins. Uh, they are one and a half almost, uh, boy-girl twins, and they are the love of my life. And yeah, I've been... Um, my husband was in the Marine Corps. We were stationed down in California. And when we moved home to Washington five years ago yesterday, I really stepped into the hunting and wild food world. So foraging as well. I uh, was just drawn to it because I've always been interested in nature and animals. But I was seeing hunters connecting with animals on a much deeper level than um what I had ever experienced by any TV show or, you know, hunt, uh, hiking or rock climbing. I, hunting has truly brought me closer to nature than any other uh, recreation form of recreation. And I love it. I am yeah. super passionate about it. And I've spent the last two years becoming quite pissed off about what is going on here with the commission, starting with spring bear. It really opened my eyes and, I don't want to lose this thing before I get the chance to really dive deeply into it. So I wanted to get involved because I'm sick and tired of it and just blown away. um, The way things are moving forward, the trajectory is scary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, There, yeah, there's, there's plenty to be scared about. And yeah, you know, I, I want to say, um, I'd, I'd like to see it this way. I, I heard one of the commissioners at some point say, well, hunters should be nervous. I'd like to turn that back around on them. The the folks that have that mindset. I want them to be nervous about hunters uh, because we are organized. We are uh, together. We are united. Uh, and, and we are approaching this from not just a science uh, backed kind of uh, approach, but we're also coming at it from a place that is has the history, the 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 humanism behind hunting. You know, like you said, you, you know, Kelsey, I love what you said about all, all the things you do in the outdoors. Nothing connects you to nature like hunting does, and I I tend to agree. And and we actually have a lot in common, by the way. Tell your husband I said semper fi, and um, glad you guys are out of the 
the rattlesnake ridden, uh, I'm, I'm assuming Camp Pendleton area. Uh, we but, were 29 Palms and oh, uh, even worse. Yeah. 29 Palms. That, that place was a bane of my existence. Uh, anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to even go there, but <laughs> the, uh, the point, the point is, is, uh, I I've always said, you know, with, with everything that, that I do outside, we do a lot of foraging, we're homesteaders, uh, you know, and, and obviously the hunting aspect of, of our life, but, uh, that connection, you know, with, with nature be, because hunters are, a, what I, how I look at it is hunters are taking part in nature. We're not just observing it, right? We're not visitors. We're there. We we become a part of hunting. And there's like this, there's this old Indian saying, and I can't remember his name. I wish I had his, I, I wish I could had one of those minds that could remember names like, uh, like some people can, but uh, he said, you know, when, when he, when he kills a moose with his bow and arrow, it is not the arrow that killed the moose. It is nature. And that's, that's the approach. And, and I guess the mindset that I have. Um, so, so glad you're here, here, Kelsey. I think, I feel like we're all going to, we're going to cover some great ground tonight. Uh, Mike, you are on deck, brother. Uh, yeah. So my name is Mike Herz. I live down here in Southwest Washington, uh, born and raised in Washington, been hunting here for 34 years. Um, and you, you and I, I have been into this, this fight, uh, for quite, a, quite some time, uh, just a little bit before spring bear. Uh, debacle happened and it's, it, it got to the point, you know, my, my boys were growing and out of the house and I had a lot more time to focus than, you know, er, when everybody's got their kids and sports and everything, life's going on. So started to dive deeper into what was going on with the commission. And at that time, some of the new appointees were starting to show their, their true colors. And so I started to talk at these commission meetings had no idea how to log on or get heard. And, uh, another, oh, I guess we're the, the OGs, um, Douglas Bowes, he was him and I seemed to be like some of the reoccurring and I could see the, the eyes roll every, every time that they would call my name or Doug's name. It's like, Oh no, here we go. Here are these guys again. Yep. And listening to Kelsey and Corey and Josh and all these newer faces and people coming on it, 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 it really, really makes me feel good about where we're going, where we're headed and the things that we're going to be able to do because they're seeing it's not just the same people over and over and over again. And like it's been said before, they, they kind of awoken a sleeping giant, but it just, it took a little while for people to start waking up and seeing what was really happening because, because a lot of these people, they get on Facebook or Instagram and they would say this stuff isn't happening because, you know, it, there's no way they could take hunting away. They couldn't, they couldn't take that from us, but they started to see, you know, we lost spring bear and now they've got this preservation policy that they're pushing down our throats. And they're also coming after bear and cougar seasons in 2024. So people are starting to actually figure it out and say, you know, it's not just a bunch of BS that's uh, being talked about. It's actually happening. And if people don't start getting involved, it's going to go away before they know it. So I want to, I'm going to want to circle back to this uh, cougar and bear season loss uh, that kind of on the horizon. Um, And you guys, I, I, I just the reason why I wanted you guys on the show uh, is is for a couple of a couple of reasons. A, 
I'm a, I'm a bit out of the loop lately uh, with, uh, we, I, I don't know if you know this, Mike, we, we sold our old uh, homestead and we moved to a different homestead and now we're in Montana. Uh, and it has been an absolute shit show of a summer in terms of, you know, <laughs> just how busy I've been. But uh, so I'm a little bit out of the loop. So I wanted to get kind of brought up to speed by folks who are actually in the fight uh, every day and, and uh, kind of, especially with you guys, with this, uh, this new organization, Conservation Coalition of Washington, um, and I want to start this conversation out by kind of getting your guys's reaction from a sense of like what I see from an outsider looking in, what I see is like the number one problem that, that we need to overcome before we start getting ahead of ourselves in other approaches here. Because one of the objectives with, with me doing it, you know, I'm not a Washington hunter. I don't live in Washington. I don't hunt in Washington. And, and it, so it's not. A lot of people could say, well, you know, it's not it's not your problem, not your fight kind of thing. And and I, I can't I couldn't disagree with that more uh, because this stuff always starts somewhere and spreads like wildfire. And it might be a slow burn, but it's still a wildfire and it's coming everywhere. And so that aside. But what, what I see from an outsider looking in is not necessarily these we've always had activists we've we've always had these anti hunting activists and 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 i i for for what we're dealing with i don't see them as the root of the problem what i see as the root of the problem is this lack of involvement from people who are passionate about hunters because and this is not this is not i'm not attacking hunters but hunters by their very nature uh, and and a lot of people are like this. We are just not activists. Our goal is not to get out there and and rally in front of the Capitol and chant about how great hunting is. We're, we're not trying to pass, you know, or 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 pay off legislator this, legislator that, or whatever to get them to, you know, uh, pass some weird legislation that makes hunting year round. Or or we're not trying to. Um, force people to go hunting, right? That's what we are not just, we're just not people that are activists by our nature. We are people that want to live off the land, live this lifestyle, uh, experience nature at kind of a, this elevated rate, uh, elevated level, uh, and and get out there and and get that primal feeling and that urge to that fulfills our souls that's been there since the dawn of time. And, and we're not interested in fighting with uh, legislators or, argue, or, or doing um activism or uh, because we just don't see it as as and especially guys i i don't know how old some of you are mike's super old uh yes and, I and am. I, i'm not i'm not far behind him so i could say that but like for us you know we grew up in an era where the hunting was never up for debate from a sense of there wasn't this threat there wasn't this imminent threat uh, the, it just wasn't a thing that when I like, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I, I never worried about it. Like in the nineties, I didn't worry about people that had this weird motivation and this, this bizarre desire to take my lifestyle away from me. Uh, there, there wasn't this obsession, uh, there, sure. There was a few, you know, the, like Pete has been around a long time. There's a few weird wackos out there or whatever, but the, a lot of people are like that where we just are interested in pursuing our passion raising our family working our jobs uh buying a, a, a our next family vehicle or vacation paying our bills getting the mortgage taken care of and then looking forward to the next hunting season we're not out there as activists 
And and the problem is, is the people that are against us are activists to the, you know, to like a, an extreme level. They're coming at this from this deep seated um, fanaticism where they feel like their agenda and their opinion and their emotions outweigh everybody else's. And they're they're a small but loud minority. And they're coming at it from this place of determination. And they are unified. They are well-funded. And and they have they have attorneys. They have ten attorneys to to our pro hunting uh, side of things. Uh, to to R one, um, you know it's and I don't know if I'm articulating this right. I get I get really worked up over this whole thing. So get, bear with me when I get excited. But what do you guys see based on what I just said? That one one of the biggest issues that that I can from from my viewpoint that I can see is a lack of involvement because we are by nature not activist type people. Do you guys have a who, who's got a response to that? And don't be shy. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh, take I, it. You go uh, for it. So I, I don't, <clears throat> I can't speak as to why uh, the activists seem to be so extreme. Um, an observation I made at the last in-person uh, commission meeting <clears throat> um, that I attended was that I was trying to gauge what level of investment they had to put in the effort that they do put in. Um, and that is to come after hunting or, or specific uh, types of hunting. Um, they weren't of childbearing age, so they weren't trying to preserve anything in my mind for their future generations. Um, they all seemed to, they were all from urban areas um, and did not speak to any experience that they had in the outdoors or even viewing wildlife beyond what they might see on Nat Geo. So I, I don't really see what their investment is or or what their motivation is to come after um, hunting. Yeah, it, it's it's real similar to veganism, right, where they they. Like, I always look at it like this. I don't care if somebody wants to be a vegan. Like, I don't care. Live how you want. The problem right. with vegans is we get this we get this uh, a percentage of them that become hostile vegans that think that because they chose to be a vegan that everybody else has to. And it's kind of the same philosophy with with the anti-hunting crowd. Uh, Corey, you you were going to chime in there, too, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, mine's a little bit different of a take um, more than the extremes like. You could put us on one side and the antis on the other and put us at the extremes of this equation. Because what I've run into, especially since I've become involved with this, um, is like you said, by nature, we, you know, we aren't the most talkative bunch about uh, what we do. Because everything we do, you know, we try and keep secret from the other guy. Yeah. Know? Yeah, true. And, and so what I've found is that majority of people know nothing about hunting in general, not just that you shoot something and you might pack it out. However, which way you might pack it out is they don't even know that you can actually even eat certain animals. Um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to go to Alaska this year and was able to harvest one of the biggest sick blacktails I've ever taken and, uh, went out to the family moose camp where the family downed five moose and now they're 14 days. Um, and Jeez, I was man. able to bring that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was an absolute ball, man. I'll bet. Um, but when I came home, 
uh, ended up back in the gym and I was talking to some familiar faces and, you know, they were asking me how Alaska was and told them I brought back a bunch of moose and 90% of the people that I was talking to said, you can eat moose. God, that's crazy, and, man. And yeah. And they're like, Oh, what's it like? I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's a super lean beef is really what it is. It's like, it's one of my favorite things to eat um outside of outside of like axis deer i mean it doesn't get much better than those two Mm -hmm. and so it's the it's the middle ground where you get the you get the families that end up at the i mean here's here's an example you go to the woodland park zoo uh part of the anti-hunting community that's pressing for some of this cougar and bear uh season cancellation or or at least sunset dates that they want to put in this preservation plan are the key players at, at moving that same narrative um, through the zoo. And mm-hmm. so they have these huge campaigns to show the disnified version of what these animals are and that how there are backyard pets and um, it's swaying people that don't even know they're being swayed. And so it's, they're, they're seeing all this information passively and then they they're forming opinions that they didn't even know they were forming due to things that that maybe their kids see at the zoo or they see on commercials and is and is kind of what a lot of is what i'm seeing at least in my experience yeah i think i think you nailed it man from from that sense because i've always talked about how when it comes to like hunters roughly make up um and and again, this is this is active tag holders on an annual basis. The hunters make up roughly five percent of the American population. The anti-hunting crowd is you know three percent. It's smaller than the hunting community, but they're much much louder, much much more unified, and much better funded. Uh, yeah. And 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 then you have the general population. And most of the general population are people that don't really have an opinion. They're not anti-hunting. They're not uh, again. They're not pro-hunting. They don't hunt. They wouldn't. They would never. They're 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 your buddies at the gym that were blown away that you eat moose. Like I I, I meet people all the time, and they're they're just like surprised that bear meat is one of my favorites, you know, and 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 things like that. And they, it's just because they it's not their life. It's not their lifestyle. So uh, that 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 segment of the population is I I think the ones that we have to be the most cognizant as to how we're messaging life as hunters too, because they are the ones that are going to be the stakeholders and, and, and the ones that, that are going to have the loudest voice and the biggest voice. Uh, m- most importantly, uh, when it comes to uh, if this thing gets down to the nitty gritty of uh, vote against vote, uh, those are the folks that we need to really focus on. Uh, Kelsey, I, I, can we hear from you on on uh, what you kind of see uh, as as like the biggest hurdle, uh, you know, uh, against what I saw or, or I, I described as an outsider? Well, besides from hunters being the live and let live type people who don't really care what other people are doing, I, you know, it's there's a lot of fanatics right now. We're dealing with a lot of extremism in this country to begin with, and those extreme values when it comes to meat and hunting, I think it's really born out of disconnection um, to what humans do. And, you know, the general population of people, as Corey and yourself said, um, 
they don't really have any connection to hunting and they're the easiest to be influenced by these anti-hunting groups because they are also mm-hmm. disconnected and the anti-hunters tend to play on the emotions of people, which is a really strong choice. So, and it's a lot harder for us to, to bring people to our side because it's so easy to, to point the fingers at us and say, you know, hunters are killing. How can they be part of anything good and protecting wildlife? And we have these type of extreme ideals truly infiltrating, um, the governor, um, and <clears throat> sorry, um, inf- infiltrating our governor. So we, he has people, anti-hunting groups in his ears constantly. And they're yeah. pretty proud about that. And he is the one who is choosing these, um, the people that become commissioners. And a lot of these commissioners are tied to anti-hunting groups or so themselves. So that's, we're dealing with a lot here. Yeah, for sure. I I like what you said, Kelsey, about um, we're dealing with a lot of different types of activism, because I think that that's so true from a sense from the stance of, you know, we've got that we've got like this woke culture thing going on. We've got these anti-gun people going on. That's going on. We've got these, you know, extreme, you know, politically charged topics where people tend to turn into activists. Uh, and, and then we've got this anti-hunting crowd. We've got like this hostile vegan crowd, but when you, when you, if you were to shake all that out, you know, and, and kind of look at it from like a higher level and I don't know, fan it out on a table or something. I don't know how to exactly describe that, but it's all kind of the same thing. And what, what, how I see it, because I've been talking about this stuff for a long time and how I see it is it's all based in like this weird, angry emotion because there's there, the data exists to not do like you were, uh, I think it was, was it Corey or Josh? Somebody had mentioned, you know, they're, they're coming after bear and cougar hunting. It doesn't take a rocket science to look at the actual data behind the uh, hunting through, or I'm sorry, conservation through hunting. It, it's just not like like if you look at uh, what's going on here in the Rocky Mountain, um, the northern region of the Rocky Mountains, like Wyoming, Idaho, uh, Montana, you know, we've got this grizzly bear issue going on where the grizzly bears are far surpassed what was set as an objective to get them off the endangered species list. And so what's happening is we're, we're getting all these negative encounters, uh, the, these bad um these bad encounters between humans and, and grizzly bears, these, uh, I don't know, I'm totally drawing a blank on the damn word I usually use right there. <laughs> Bear with me. Uh, but basically, th- what's going on is is taxpayer dollars are now having to go to fund conservation officers that have to go out and essentially call the grizzly bears that are creating problems, which the majority of the time, those are sows with cubs, meaning when they call when they call a sow that has cubs, those sows are are all but all but dead. It's a death sentence for them uh, in most cases, unless they're past a certain age. Uh, and and so so instead of managing through a process of offering some hunting tags that would do a few things, a it would call fewer of the bears than are getting killed right now. It would add revenue to conservation efforts through hunting tags. 
it would create a, a healthy fear among the grizzly bears so they avoid humans more and it would just uh, uh, it would it would help mitigate these bad uh, these um conflicts that's that's the word i was looking for sorry guys i, I told you i went before we, I, I hit record i'm not the smart i'm not the sharpest knife in the in the drawer here um the conflicts the human bear conflicts uh it's the same kind of thing I, anyway this, that that is a long way of me saying that this data exists and and the grizzly bear is one of many examples this data exists everywhere and so all this like anti-hunting and wokeness and anti-gun and this basically it's super angry leftism and and it comes I, I don't know where it it derives from but what it tells me is it's 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 an emotion based in anger and it's not an emotion based in tangible facts tangible data usable information that that people that actually study this stuff for a living provide them mike i got i got a question for you man uh are you ready for this one are you ready to be in the hot seat yes sir you so you and I we've been talking about this for a long time, and we we've talked about you know we I think you first came on the show like I don't know three four years ago, and actually I think the first time you came on the show was before uh, they had done away with the uh, this whole surprise you know eliminate spring bear thing. What has evolved in your opinion in the last couple of years since the the spring bear was eliminated? What has evolved both from like the, the cultural aspect of hunters and how involved they are and, and how the, how the current commission is. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's become more and more. It's basically within the last, I'd say six months that I have seen a huge uptick in the amount of non, uh, non-negative um people you know denying what's happening and really getting involved uh it's it's i as far as the people who are getting involved it it it's helping with uh a different point of view like these adult onset hunters people who have never been exposed to it but are starting to expose other people within their, you know, their family groups and starting to get them to come to these commission meetings and speaking. So it's not just a bunch of hillbilly rednecks uh, out killing stuff. It's these people, we've even had uh, vegans uh, come and support of hunting. One of our uh, founding members, uh, Gary Strasberg, I think it's his, uh, I think it's his daughter-in-law is married into her you know his his son and he's a big hunter but she's not she's a vegan and she totally supports him and she came and talked at one of these meetings and you could just see these commissioners on the other side just like oh my god this is this is the beginning of the end for us because if if they're starting to get these people to come and and speak at uh these commission meetings on behalf of hunting you know we're starting to lose our 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 grip these uh this this so i so step back a little bit did this podcast with pn wild and uh joel which you're uh, also a good friend of uh at black river tax jeremy mr swecker yep yes sir mr he gave you a skunk i think didn't he he did man i've i've put that skunk <laughs> to use like 
I did you see that video? I attached that skunk to a cowboy hat and made a. Uh, <laughs> you you were just talking about you know all oh, you redneck hillbillies out there killing stuff, and I I did a kind of a I for 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 you guys on this um, panel here that don't know me very well, I'm usually very sarcastic, and this video was a product of that. Um, anyway, yeah, thanks, Joel. I use that I, I use that skunk all the time in all my funny videos. And uh, so we were talking about, you know, this is when the coalition was just getting kind of up and running. And, uh, you know, we're, we're basically just grassroots hunting, fishing and trapping uh, men and women who don't want to see this lifestyle go away. And we're just trying to get the information out to them. And on this podcast that we did, we talked about uh, how be to go to this Olymp- uh, meeting Olympia and there'd be only standing room only because there's so many hunters at this thing. And I, I was in, I was in Utah and I was actually on a stock when this meeting, when I was supposed to be speaking. And when I got back uh, from this hunt, I saw all these freaking posts and everything. And it was standing room only at this commission meeting. They had to have an overflow room because there were so many people there willing to talk. It just, I mean, from where we started two and a half years ago, when there was just a handful of us to having mm-hmm. 150 guys wanting to speak at this, at this commission meeting and in just six months, getting people organized, getting them the information, uh, letting them, uh, you know, ask questions and putting them in the right direction. I mean, it's, it's really come a long ways. And a lot of it is this organization that Josh was talking about, nobody really knew where to go, how to, how to get this spear pointed in the right spot, because these anti-hunting groups, they've been at this for a long time. I mean, I remember hunting uh, bears and cougar in Washington with hounds and being able to bait. Well, we lost that in the nineties. And that was just the first cut of a thousand cuts that kept coming and kept coming. And they tried to change things legislatively, they kind of ran into some roadblocks there. And now they've found a way through governance to get in the back door and get into the hen house with commission members who are supporting the anti-hunting agenda led by our uh, great governor. <laughs> You're a big fan of him, huh? Oh, yeah. He's he's on the Christmas list for sure. What is is Lorna Smith? Uh, Lorna Smith, she's still on the commission. Unfortunately, yes. And uh, I am assuming Jim Anderson is not. Nope. Mr. Jim is. He's one of our oh, crown jewels. Yep. He, we he love still Jim. Is, he, yeah. He's the one that came on the show. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He, he's a, he's a kind of a, a light uh, in, in a tunnel of darkness. So they say. Yes, uh, sir. So I, I'm just curious, you know, and you guys, you know, on this panel, you do what you're most comfortable with doing. Um, but I, I, I was hoping we could kind of help make people aware which commissioners are, you know, I guess would have a thumbs up from hunters and which ones would have a, a thumbs down. Is that, is that, is everybody okay with that? Or is that like, you know, you, you maybe you work for the state and you don't want to get fired or something. Uh, I'm 110% okay with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about my job. They can't touch me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and Kelsey, uh, 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 it's totally up to you. 
I'll share all the names and I'll give you some information on a secret Sierra Club meeting that I attended as well. Okay. You've really piqued my interest with that one. Well, okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me write that note because I will forget. Um, I want to come back to that. Uh, Barbara Baker. Can you guys, uh, somebody give me the rundown on Barbara Baker. If you guys are into shooting the copper bullets, man, I got a great deal for you. We have partnered with Barnes Bullets. They are world famous, known for that Vortex rifle, the deadliest, most accurate hunting loads on the planet. I like this company, guys, because I have a personal connection to these guys. On uh, Down in central Utah, uh, my dad's got this ranch, and uh, on the way to the ranch, you drive past this uh, Barnes Bullets factory and it's it's a really cool building just kind of out in the middle of nowhere so i know them well these all copper bullets provide destructive power double diameter expansion maximum weight retention and devastating energy transfer all with excellent accuracy it's a great choice for western big game game hunters and shooters everywhere so check them out at barsbullets.com and let me know what you guys think i appreciate it you've heard my silencer central ads i'm sure And I don't know if you have reached out and contacted them yet. If you're interested in a silencer, though, man, this is the way to go. Silencer Central from the start to finish, because it's quite the process. If you've never gotten a suppressor for one of your rifles, you've got to go through and do the ATF paperwork and the background checks and all that kind of stuff. But the cool part is, is Silencer Central takes care of it all. It's a several-month process, and so what's cool about it is if you don't want to drop all that money right at the top uh, end of this whole process, you can just get a hold of them, and you can do like a payment plan while they're taking care of all the paperwork on the back end. I have the Banish 30, uh, and this thing is awesome. I've never used one of these before, so I'm like learning as as I go along, but what I what I was getting at is from start to finish, Silencer Central has been some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with through the process. They treated me like I was family, and I really appreciated it. You guys should check them out, and you can call them at 866-891-4494 or check it out at silencercentral.com. It will be worth your time, I promise. Um, so she is, um, she's the chair of the commission, first of all. Yep. Um, she is, I think, um, wants to be sort of a neutral position. Um, I think she is persuadable, uh, if the right information is put in front of her. The only uh issue with baker right now is the conservation draft policy or policy draft that she's writing which uh looks at least the last uh the last iteration we saw is definitely looks like a preservation policy and not so much a conservation policy yeah um, yeah i would I, agree I think it's really neither a friend nor uh an enemy so to speak of hunters it's interesting when you when you get on the website and you start reading like the bios. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna compare it to like Idaho's. You know, you if you read if you read the bios of the the Idaho uh, Fish and Game Commissioners, you know that's like you know lifetime elk hunter loves mule deer hunting and really enjoys a muzzleload season 
or uh you know is is a archery only type of hunter you, you know it's very hunting center centric right not not a bunch of uh, like the like most of the, most of the bios man like none of them even mention hunting it's it, it's interesting and i i just i know that that's not a requirement to be on on the commission but it seems bizarre to me to have people ma- that that make the decisions on on hunting seasons that are like not even act, active hunters, it just it seems counterintuitive uh, and, and self serving in a lot of ways. You know, it's like you know this is just a hat I wear. It's hard to believe that they would have the same sort of understanding as uh, somebody who spends a lot of time observing wildlife. Yeah, yeah, that that you're, you, I'm I'm trying, guys. I am trying really hard not to like take us down a bunch of rabbit holes here. Um, and you guys, I, 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 we we might have to do a couple of that. You guys are really good. I like I like having you guys on. Um, okay, but moving on. Does somebody want to give me the some insight onto? Let's see, Vice Chair Molly Linville. I don't know much about her. She's a. Uh... She's a good one. She is over on the east side. She is a rancher by trade. Okay. And she is she's the vice chair, like you said. And she is definitely in our corner. Um, supports everything that we're doing. Um it, yeah, she's she's like Jim. She's a uh, a pillar of light. Good deal. Good deal. So Jim uh Jim Anderson, uh he's been He'd been on the board a few years and uh I really I really liked him. I felt like he he is kind of a guy that's in our corner. Uh and I just don't know how vocal he may or may not get uh in some of these meetings in, in terms of what he fights for. Uh but at least uh he he seems to be somebody that I felt was uh, deserving to to be on the board. What what say you guys? Yeah, Jim Jim's definitely uh very much a friend to sportsmen in general. Uh, he, I would say he's not the loudest um, uh, of the outspoken, um, but what he, when he does weigh in, he at least has something constructive and, and maybe leans toward progress uh, more than placing roadblocks in, in front of making decisions. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one's a really tough, I'm just going down the list here, guys. Uh, tough last name for uh, a guy like me to pronounce. John Lemkul, Lem Lemkul. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Do you, how do you pronounce his name? Does anyone know? Lemkul. Yeah. Lemkul. Yeah. Lemkul. Is he the one that, uh, Mike or, or Josh, one of you guys was on this podcast or, uh, that he came on the podcast. That was in july yeah yeah it was just a few months ago and i don't don't even remember which podcast it was but one of you guys sent it to me and i listened to it that was the broadside podcast yes the broadside Uh, and what spurred that was actually a commission meeting um he had made a a very brash statement in that um hunters or sportsmen should hire their own biologists to conduct their own studies to present to them if we weren't satisfied with the decisions that they were making. Did somebody um, tell him that as taxpayers, we are to do that? Yeah. So, Oh, I made my reminded. Yeah, he's, he's definitely <laughs> been reminded. So, so he also, by the same token, made a statement that he, he really wished to hear from people. 
um, a broad range of people. I, I, of course, immediately contacted him through email and proposed that maybe we have a conversation via podcast for the public to be able to listen to in the interest of transparency. And he bit. So that's that's so, kind of my where I started getting really interested in who the commissioners were as individuals. And he is the one in that. I'm pretty sure he's, he must be the one that I was listening to in that podcast. I I just like I, I my my blood started boiling. But it was, and I, and I hope he listens to this. John, if you're listening to this, uh, feel free to hit me up at jimatthewesternhuntsman.com. That goes for all you commissioners. If you happen to catch wind of this here podcast and you're listening to this episode and and you agree or disagree or, or, or want to say your piece, you are more than welcome to come on my show. A Washington commissioner, commissioner has an open invite. Uh, but he is the one that, as the discussion was progressing, said that something along the lines of, yeah, I know hunters were upset about losing spring bear, but like, like you know, talking about a toddler that may not have gotten what exactly what they wanted for Christmas kind of thing, as if it's something that commissioners should or or shouldn't have the power to take away from people. And what what I what what vexes me, folks, is, with with that mentality, is that, and and, and Again, this is my personality. It's kind of my, you know, my my mindset. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what position you hold. In a free society, you are not to get. You are not allowed to dictate my life and and what I can and can't do. You are there to set hunting seasons, not tell us we can or can't do it. And and that is what what just chapped my ass on that one. And and the the reactionary way he went about how. Oh, you know, I, I, so some people are mad about it. No, it's not about being mad. It's about you being wrong. It's, it's about you taking away something that is taking from, from people that this is how some people feed their families. This is how some people make their money. This is how some people have spent the last several decades of their life doing as a family and spending time and, and connecting with nature and, and feeling, uh, feeding their soul in a way that is very primitive in uh, uh, something that has been taking place in the, in a human history and of mankind for thousands of years. And all of a sudden you think you're smarter than history and you could take that away from people. I just, that, that stuff you, you could tell, I kind of fly off the handle and I, I don't mean to do that, but it vexes me. I, I hate that mentality and I hate that mindset and I hate that kind of reaction. We'll just leave him there. Go ahead. Well, I was going to add, he is completely two-faced, constantly gaslighting the hunting community. He's the token fake hunter on the commission. And it's actually been over 2 million years of hunting heritage for human Mm -hmm. history. So yeah, you're, you're, you're deadly accurate with that, Kelsey. Sorry, did I, did I cut you off? Did you have more than that? Oh, no, he, he. He's one of my least favorite, but we haven't gotten to the top n- number one yet. So I'll wait till. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Woodrow Woody Myers, uh, Spokane County occupation, retired wildlife research biologist, uh, Washington Park. Is he, he's currently serving? He is currently serving. And I think it's fitting that Corey might take this one and cover Woody. <laughs> Do it, Corey. Oh, oh, sleepy bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Woody. He's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize him as a as a friend to hunters. Um, uh, he uh, 
he hasn't been been showing up in person to me. They can still have it to where you can show up in Zoom. And uh, um, I I personally find that uh, not to be something that should like unless it unless there's a medical incident or something where it prevents you from showing up. But with the <clears throat> with the decisions that are being made, especially now and the ones that are being weighed um, with everybody weighing in, if you can't show up, you shouldn't be a sitting. You should not have the ability to sit on the co- on the commission. Um, mm-hmm. I might have got a little loud during the last commission meeting, uh, but it, it I heard some people snickering and I looked up and on a 65 inch, 70 inch TV, old boy was rocked down with his chin buried in his chest like a grandpa at Christmas dinner and <laughs> was out was out for about two or three minutes. And I it was about that because we had a three minute window where we could speak and he was asleep the entire time one of the gentlemen was speaking. And I waited for him wow. to speak and I raised my hand um, and Chair Baker was looking pretty befuddled with seeing my hand go up, like thinking this is a grade school classroom. And I... Uh-huh kind of yelled out. I was like, aren't we supposed to have the attention of everybody? And just pointed to the screen and uh, kind of hollered his you. name a couple, kind of hollered his name a couple times. And he, he shook awake like he, you know, like someone who's trying to slide him over the next piece of pie. And <laughs> I was, I, 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 my point got across, but in that meeting, I look back, I sh- maybe could have uh, delivered it in a better tone that might've, forced the commission to wake him up but instead i kind of took it upon myself which i got a good rise of everybody and it it, it kind of showed the the lack of attention that that guy actually holds or the weight of the position that i believe he holds interesting yeah well good for you Corey. i'm glad you did that man that's that's fantastic all right uh, uh yeah i could totally see that too because it shows their picture and stuff <laughs> so uh, steve parker uh who's got i i don't know anything about this guy i'm not too familiar with steve parker um just looks looks like he's pretty new he is new um i he appears to be pretty friendly with with hunters um or rarely hear him way much of an opinion um when he does it it's seemingly in support of sportsmen good how about tim reagan oh my god oh this is gonna be a good one dude (laughs) this guy um he is a marine biologist by trait scientist and we are not hunting marine mammals here in washington uh never have and we can't but he tries to equate everything that we do to marine mammal uh, management. He's a hands-off. Uh, he never has enough information to make a decision. I joke all the time that I would hate to go grocery shopping with this guy because I would die of starvation before he made a decision <laughs> on something to eat. Hell, man, just going to like uh, Applebee's with people like that is trouble. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, He's a big do nothing, and there's never enough uh, science. There's never enough information uh, for him to make a decision in favor of hunting or anything to do with uh, our lifestyle. He's he's totally in bed with uh, Smith and Roland. I mean, he's okay. he's part of the big three that 
are the most difficult to work with. Okay, so so he is uh, he is currently on the hunter's th- thumbs down list. Tim Reagan, uh, by the way, Mister PhD Tim Reagan, you want to come on my show? Uh, you can come and make your case, or you can debate. You can come on and and do whatever you want. But uh, Jim at the Western Huntsman dot com is my email. Hit me up. Uh, I'd love to have some of these folks on on the show. Um, and and I'm, I I promise I will be nice. Except for Lorna, you don't have that luxury anymore. Melanie Roland, uh, what's up with her? Melanie's my absolute least favorite commissioner. She has topped Lorna, but I think that's just because Lorna's more sneaky and quiet. Um, so she's pretty outspoken. She's a form uh, former environmental lawyer. Um, everything goes back to climate change for her. It's her excuse and reason for everything. And it's what she always hits us with at the end of every uh, public comment period. Um, she is very anti-hunting, um, in bed with the animal rights activists for sure. She tends to anthropomorphize animals and, um, gosh, where was I going with her? She, yeah, very outspoken and, um, rude and tends to really upset the biologists who are speaking on, um, what what they know and she tends to challenge them a lot she's the one who said hunter should be nervous yeah and i I, yeah, I, she, I figured that was her yes that is her and she is like lorna her friend lorna very very pro carnivore and doesn't seem to care too much when we speak about ungulate populations so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you shared that information and, and I, 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 for, for you guys, Josh, Kelsey, Corey, Mike, um, I appreciate you guys, um, not, not being like fearful to, to come on a show like this and voice these opinions, because this is what we need. We don't, this, this is no time for cowards and you guys, you guys are proven, uh, th- that you're not. And, and I appreciate that. So what I, what I want to say uh, again, in the event that any of these commissioners listen to this uh, episode, Melanie, um, I, I, I've I've watched enough, I've heard enough, and I've read enough to know that you think that you're smarter than everybody because you went to a Stanford University and and uh, you, you were an attorney for you know environmentalism and 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 whatever. Uh, that's great for you, but you're not smarter than everybody. And if if you want to come and prove me wrong, my email once again. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. I'd love to get one of you, uh, one of these folks on the show. And, and I want to discuss like simple things. I, w- I want to discuss how they see that getting rid of a spring bear season in the state of Washington is conservation. When you take a look at any comparative state, you could take Montana, you could take Wyoming, you could take Idaho. Uh, let's, let's use Idaho. Idaho, and I just talked about this on another on another episode that I recently put out. But Idaho is one of the most aggressive bear hunting states on the planet. You could hunt bears for almost six months. You could use hounds. You can use bait. We can we can. Uh, there's the the seasons are long. There's no limitations as to what weapon choice th- that you want to use for our bear seasons. But yet, with all of that, we have one of the most robust bear populations in the lower forty eight. Explain that to me. 
Explain that to me, Melanie. Come on my show and explain to me that how one of the most robust states, or I'm sorry, bear populations in the lower 48 is also the most aggressive at hunting bears. How you think you're saving bears and the environment by stopping a spring bear hunt. Come tell me how many lactating sows were killed in the state of Washington during your last spring bear hunt. I'd love to hear this stuff. I just, I don't understand the emotion over over science, the emotion over data, I, and I never will. Okay, let's get to let's get to everybody's favorite, Lorna Smith. Sorry, I kind of went off the handle there, guys. Lorna Smith, uh, as did I lose you guys? You guys hang up on me because I, I I flew off the handle. No, nope, nope. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, glad you guys are still here. Thank. I got a little nervous there. Uh, Lorna Smith has been kind of, um, from, from my perspective and, and for the sake of this show, kind of public enemy number one. In fact, if you go on the Western Huntsman podcast.com, you can find a bumper sticker that says, uh, Lorna Smith resign or something. I can't remember what the bumper sticker says, but, um, the, you know, the, she has, she has been the one, she is the one. Uh, and I don't mind publicly saying this, and I don't care if she hears this. I reached out to her via email to ask her to come on and make her case regarding her stance on spring bear. And she came back and told me that, well, since everybody's made up their mind, I don't see the point. Lorna, here's the point. You serve a public office. If you're going to make these kind of decisions, make your case to the public. The way you do that is coming on shows like this, not being a coward and sitting over there and making decisions that go against science and data. And and think that you're smarter than everybody, like your buddy, um, what's her name? Mel- Melanie. I had to scroll back up. What do you guys? What feedback do I uh, do you guys have for uh, for Lorna Smith or uh, on uh, you know in, in terms of what she's been up to lately? Somebody somebody called her like the sneakier one. I like that. I think I think that's true. Yeah, I, I believe she's once she was appointed, um, the the wheels immediately became in motion. Uh, for the for the housing of spring bear i believe she's the one who with her background with the wwf and the um and then with her husband still being heavily involved and in the, in the head um head researcher for a uh, carnivore preservationist group western um, wildlife outreach Oh, I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, the the WWO. That's yep. Um, so when it comes to, I believe Melanie speaks up more because of because if you look at because if you look at the groups that they're affiliated with, and not even just outside the commission, but what they're always trying to get on the the groups for carnivores and everything like they're the they're the two that are always i would like to be involved in this um but if it has anything else to do with season settings um our deer and elk populations or or upland birds they they want nothing to do with it but as soon as you mention anything with predators or or uh regulations they are the very first ones to chime in that they are to be uh heading that up they will be heading that group up interesting can we can we talk for a minute kelsey uh you had talked about a meeting you had the the sierra club meeting that you had gone to um can can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so that that was with lorna and that was um 
on Zoom, it was with the Sierra Club um, right there at the end of September. She, I snuck into that. I just turned off my camera. I didn't say anything and took notes, took some screenshots, listened closely. And so what I meant by her being sneaky, yeah, she does, um, is the first person to step up when there are carnivore type discussions, but she tends to play the role and that she's more reasonable um, when she is talking on the commission. But during this meeting, I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but it was, it was definitely worse than what I was expecting. She went on to talk about wolves and how we need more of them. Um, the Sierra club oh, who was running the meeting opened up by saying he was from Minnesota and he, at one point had six wolves in his yard and she said that's where she wants to take things. And that's the way she wishes things were here, but we have a long way to go. And then she went on with some data. It didn't even seem right to compare to what is on the website for um, the WDFW, basically downplaying um, Hunter's role in conservation, both financially and, um, the way we participate and contribute to habitat and whatnot. Um, after that, she, she, she basically was pandering to these people, these environmentalists to comment and reach out to the commission and other people about predator issues. So she said things like the cougars are being persecuted, black bears are being punished for timber damage it just everything was quite extremist and she mm -hmm. she got caught off she did not know i was there so she spoke as openly as i'm sure she does with whatever anti-hunting or environmental group that she probably speaks to on the regular considering yeah. her connections to uh the western wildlife uh outreach and the, I know that they have they have some ties to the Washington Wildlife First, pretty large um, anti-hunting and animal rights organization. Um, right now, we can get into this further in a minute, but we have a petition right um, that is on the table put forth by the Humane Society of America and Washington Wildlife First and a, a few other um organizations of center for biological diversity um they're looking to really affect cougar and bear um seasons and uh, this is actually something from the sierra club she did say that she wants to shorten cougar seasons limit the number of tags um do more with bear hunting remove uh the number of um less than the number of tags there but this is kind of word for word with this petition now that I think about it, they line up quite well, but um, the petition, she, it hasn't been addressed yet, but she has shown quite an interest in it, her and Melanie, and they're looking forward, it, it sounds like, to the next meeting here in December to probably voting for it. What Do you guys know when that meeting is? The 14th through the 16th of December. Gotcha. Is that is that going to be an open to the public type meeting? It is, but it's via Zoom. Oh, gotcha. It's a we it's a Zoom comment. thing, huh? Yeah, we can uh, comment on that, and then there is public. Uh, people can submit comments um, to that petition right now online before we have that meeting. 
do people like Lorna Smith, do they ever say, because you'd mentioned, you know, that some dude in Minnesota is talking about how he had some wolves in his yard or whatever. And, and she's like, oh, that's how I want it here. Do they ever say why? Like, like, why do you want that here? Do, do they not understand? Do they not understand th- the limitations to um, predator habitat such as a wolf? Uh, with with such large metro areas such as Seattle and the uh, and the you know the entire uh, western part of of Washington is highly populated and 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 that's actually that's beside the point. Do they ever under do they ever say why they want these wolves in such great numbers? She didn't say why during that meeting, but I don't think she needed to because she was with a bunch of her friends. But um, you know, I. I'm sure it has a lot to do with the anthropomorphism of animals, yeah, 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 which is so prevalent right now. And this disconnect that she has, she doesn't live with them. She doesn't deal with them. And, you know, like Melanie Rowland, um, who often conflates modern contemporary hunting within the North American model with the market hunt, I'm sure she has the same feelings. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. I, I wonder I wonder if uh, these folks on this board like fully understand the North American model. I, I wonder if they understand it because if, if they if they did, they wouldn't use terms like market hunting or trophy hunting. That that's always my favorite. They've they've twisted what trophy trophy hunting is and the connotation that that means when the when the general public hears that now uh, is is this like real nasty negative word. Um, and I, and, and, I don't think they know well at least melanie roland because ev- during several meetings she always goes back to say how hunters did this a hundred years ago and it's the market hunt but she's conflating it with what's happening now and it's hunters causes all this damage and this and this and it's always sh- she's always shining us in a negative light yeah yeah you're exactly right and you know what's interesting about that is uh, see, in my opinion, saying something like that should disqualify a person from being on a fish and wildlife uh, commission because hunters don't deny that it was market hunting uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s that that decimated many of the herds of, of, of many different species. Honey, hunters don't deny that. But we also acknowledge as hunters that it was hunters that took the conservation actions and efforts needed to uh, to to basically turn that around. Sorry, I started reading the the bio there. On <laughs> uh, hunters are the ones that turn that around. Hunters are the ones that put in the blood, sweat, and tears to reverse that. And and that is why when when you look at something like the North American model of of wildlife conservation, uh, and and these the the seven principles, the the sisters that that fundamentally lay out how we achieved. For example, just elementary things, just foundational things like like an almost completely decimated whitetail population is now up, upwards of around 30 million whitetail throughout North America. That's a huge accomplishment. The fact that we're raising elk in, in the West and, and they've been reintroduced, they were reintroduced uh, to, into several Western states. Now all Western states have, have uh, elk hunting seasons and we're actually transplanting these elk on, onto the Eastern seaboard at this point. Like these are huge uh, success stories that that came they did not come from the Humane Society of the United States, the Center of Biological Dis- Diversity. They didn't turn any of these populations around. 
And and where, yes, it is not inaccurate to point out that there was a lot of market hunting that took these pop- populations to very dangerous levels back in, you know, 100, 120 years ago. You can't say that without also saying that it was hunters that turned that around and reversed that. We identified the problem. The books, the books are written. It's the information's there. You can't deny it. And and getting back to this wolf point and this wolf issue that Lorna Smith has this this fantasy that it would be great to have wolves running around in your backyard. Again, when I I I I don't mean to keep throwing um utilizing Idaho as an example, but Idaho is a great example of this. Idaho, again, like bears, is the most aggressive state when it comes to wolf management. We have an excellent wolf management system here. We can hunt wolves almost year-round with almost any method available. And we still have four times the objective number in population size here, close to 1,500 wolves, four times greater than the tri-state Rocky Mountain region recovery objective was back in 1995, which was roughly 500 wolves. So so I, I just, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, anyway, I lost track there. Uh, so the math was off on that. But anyway, um, getting back to that, the hunting isn't the issue. Hunting is what is creating the conservation. Hunting is what is is gives the wildlife actual stakeholders in their well-being i i just don't see how because somebody has this fantasy about how great it would be to have a bunch of wolves on the landscape does any species on any landscape on any ecological system on any anywhere in the in the lower 48 or you know anywhere in north america for that example it doesn't benefit them it doesn't benefit they have no stakeholders somebody like Lorna Smith is, is what I look at as, as like this phony stakeholder. She wants to portray herself as being a stakeholder in, in conservation and wildlife management. When all it really is, is pontificating to people that have emotional attachments to these predatory animals and think they're doing some greater good by getting rid of hunting seasons for them. When in fact, the opposite is true. And again, using the grizzly bear example, we kill more grizzly bears because they're on the endangered species list and they have conflicts with humans than if we just opened up a very moderate hunting season and allowed these bears to get a a healthy respect for human beings. I got us off topic, guys. Um, Okay, let's let's get back to this for, for just a minute. I think that's all the commissioners, right? Yep, that's all of them. <clears throat> Guys, I, I kind of, I, I feel bad. I feel like I'm doing most of the talking here, so I, I want to apologize. I want to also extend, if you guys feel like these uh, these discussions on this this show are, are beneficial uh, to to Washington and, and the hunters in Washington, uh, I would be happy to jump on and do like a monthly update kind of thing with you guys uh, where we try to push that needle a little further um until we we try to we, we can somehow get this commission issue worked out in the state of washington uh so so that's something we could talk about later if you guys want to think about that but uh I, I'd, I'd be happy to kind of be the the platform uh to help help move uh washington towards some progress instead of this uh this you know endless dark tunnel that seems to be looming um okay and and by the way, Kelsey, thank you for sharing that information. That's that that I think gives a lot of people some insight into so, how some of these commissioners think and how they operate, and how they're kind of doing things behind the scenes and and uh, you know behind our backs. Uh, I think that's important for people to know. What do you guys see 
as a way for hunters that are not residents. And I know we're running long here, guys, but uh, for 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 non-residents of Washington, you know, people like me that live in a different state, what what would you guys say to them in terms of why they should be involved and uh, why they should be listening to episodes like this, even though they don't hunt or live in the state of Washington? Well, case in point, go go ahead, Josh. I, I would say, uh, just as a direct correlation, do you ever plan to hunt in Washington? Um, I, I know Washington gets sort of a bad rap as far as hunting goes, but we do have some pretty great opportunities here that I think would be a shame for anybody who enjoys Western hunting to miss out on. I, I would second that, Josh. Washington has some incredible country. Uh, and I spent a lot of time there for my day job. I would love to hunt Washington more. In fact, the the biggest mule deer I've ever killed was in Washington. Uh, but anyway, uh, that I to answer your question, I'd love to hunt in Washington. Right, right. So, you know, and, and then to sort of indirectly answer that, as you can see with, um, I'll, I'll step outside Washington for a moment here, and I'll say Colorado, um, you're one <clears throat> governor's poor decision away from facing a lot of the same issues. Um, kind of if, if you're, you shouldn't have to be paying attention with, with sort of the, the mandates and stuff that are in place with these commissions, but you've seen here in Washington when you're not paying attention, exactly what can happen. Um, so having a representative or representatives or people paying attention is, is hugely beneficial. Um, maybe catching something before it comes down the pipeline. Um, I, I think if somebody has the time to <clears throat> buck shame somebody on the internet and leave their digital footprint that way then they've got some some time to do something constructive maybe drop a comment um about how they feel uh into some of these issues like we're having here in washington um, and that's a that point is fire josh that's a great point it's <laughs> we all have a common interest right <clears throat> in that we're hunting or we're outdoors um, with, with wildlife at, at our most, at our biggest interest point. Um, I think, yeah, exactly. If we, if we could do a little bit better um, in helping out our fellow community and, and seeing exactly where we can see eye to eye and, and help one another out in that respect uh, as, as opposed to, sort of the shaming or the infighting and and that's where mm -hmm. a lot of the anti-organizations kind of have a one-up on us if if you want to say they have an advantage over us that would be it they they don't have a lot of infighting going on they have a common goal um and that's to impose themselves onto folks like you and i yeah yeah what, who who else? I know there there was a couple of you trying to chime in on that question. What what you know still centered around why why hunters outside of the state of Washington should get involved and 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 uh, speak up and help out. So uh, on the same line, long on the same lines as Josh, uh, what the has been taking place in Washington has been evolving for the last couple of years. 
and they see the playbook playing out. And that's exactly what's happening in Colorado. The governor has appointed anti-hunting commissioners to their commission. They see the playbook working in Washington. They're trying it in Colorado. And when it works in Colorado, it's going to start going to New Mexico. And then it's going to go to Arizona. And if you think that it's not going to come to your state, it's going to. There, mm-hmm. This is all testing grounds. This is very methodical. These people are very well organized. And it's a marathon for them, not a sprint. And we are trying to, instead of drink from a drinking fountain, we're having to be force-fed through a fire hose all this information and try and catch up to where they're at. It's mm-hmm. it, it's very it, it's keeping your head in the sand, like like Corey said, is is not going to is not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit your future generations. If you love to hunt and you want to see it continue on, I've got a granddaughter now, and I my one of my things is I want to be able to take her hunting. I want to take her bear hunting, not to kill a bear, but to show her the bears and. I don't want that taken from me because of somebody else's, you know, bias towards my lifestyle. And it's, it's, it's coming. It is coming for you whether you like it or not. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I didn't know you were a grandpa, Mike. You are old. You are, you're older than I thought. I know. (laughs) She was, she was born Christmas. She was born Christmas day. So it's pretty special. Hey, that's cool, man. That's awesome. I've, uh, I've got a nephew that was, uh, born on uh, Christmas Eve. So yeah, cool. Um, nice. Corey, I wanted to go to you for a minute, man. The, uh, the kind of a, a question, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, out of, you know, reasons why out of state hunters should be, you know, tuned into the issues in Washington, whether they live or hunt there, uh, you know, or not. Um, what about what about resident hunters? What what do you feel from you know your your perspective? Uh, what more can Washington hunters be doing to help move the needle here? Um, what they can do, I mean, it's pretty tough to do. I would, um, you know, I'd say most hunters in the state that are really ingrained in the hunting communities have are born and raised doing it, and they're real. Um, reclusive folks but it's 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 starting to pull your head out man and uh thinking that it's not coming it it really is um and starting to pay attention to these meetings and seeing that your voice does make does you know carry some weight and especially if there's 10 20 100 200 of us in a room they're gonna have to take notice no matter what lorna and and rolling and lemcool and all these people want to try and do if there's that many people and the only part i really want to segue on is back to spring bear topic is in our last big meeting the commissioners had at the very close of the weekend our chair who baker for the last couple of years uh you know mike's been doing it josh everybody the ogs are doing this mm-hmm you know, been asking for science. It's like, just follow this, follow that. And it's, it, it's just been, just become like this deafening echo that, you know, they roll their eyes, but she is on record saying now that they had the science that proved 
that they never should have taken our bear season from us. And so for the last three years, when we've been asking for this, they've all been blatantly lying. Every single one of them, because every single one of them had the information. And Mm -hmm. Linville at the start of that meeting, um, I don't know if anybody caught it, but I mean, it perked my ears and started burning. um, Started saying that she believed that there were commissioners on here with agendas and had nefarious actions towards hunters. That's on the record in that meeting. So you can go back and timestamp it. Um, and just r- really believing that this stuff is happening. And, you know, there's mechanisms in the whack that say that, um, that they can lower tag allocations. And then I have, there's a certain region that if you've grown up in this state, you've heard about it. And if you draw that tag, your friends take off time. They give up their tags to come help you. And I had mentioned it in, in my speech, um, that unit, I've never hunted it for elk, but it's been a dream of mine. And every year I get a point and my percentage of drawing goes down. It sure don't go up. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's sickening to see, but this, you know, these commissioners aren't going for the sexy items. They're not going to try and take away our mule deer tags our elk tags at first, the same thing they're doing in Colorado. You know, could you imagine if those commissioners tried to take away third season rifle in Colorado <laughs> mule deer? Yeah. Well, you know, that, that reaction though, that I, I love that point, Corey, because the reaction that you're, re, you know, referring to, you know, this whole idea of, of uh, a mob with torches coming to the city hall kind of reaction. If they were to take away third, third rifle, I think it's yeah, time. I think it's time we maybe consider changing the argument from, hey, you know, the science is on our side, the science is on our side, the science is on our side. Clearly, these people don't care about the science. Otherwise, uh, this thing wouldn't no. be an issue. And and if 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 they start caring about it, I, I have no doubt that they will start manipulating the science to to go with what they want. They've done the, the, that side of the aisle. Uh, again, I'm not trying to be political. But there's already a lot of evidence that that's already what happens. If the science doesn't agree with them, and, and especially these activist groups and these wokesters and these, you know, people that were pushing COVID and all, uh, there's all sorts of stuff. Uh, you, you know, global warming. I mean, name your name your outrage or, or topic. Uh, the science we we need to change away shift away from that because they're not getting it with the science. The science is on the hunter's side. They don't care if they start caring, they'll manipulate it. So now it's time. To come at this, maybe like what you were talking about, Corey, uh, from from this aspect of like it, it's it's not it's not okay anymore. It's like you take away a hunting season, you you reduce t- tags. This isn't okay. How do we get ten thousand hunters to show up in person to a commission meeting? That's what I think would move the needle. Something like along uh, those lines. Offer a free pint of beer. <laughs> yeah yeah hey you know what no, I, I mean, i'll promote it and i'll, I'll buy the pints it's it's getting into the smaller communities man i mean everybody knows you know out in okanagan you got the mule deer hunters and you know you the, the big yakima herds and everywhere you know in the in the southeast but it's it's those small coastal towns man them guys that have been slogging slogging through the creek bottoms looking for them ghost bull rosies and there are more hunters on the west side like myself, I've never chased a bull uh, east of I-5. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I really do. I'm probably going to start doing it here in the next couple of years. But um, 
those deep dark pockets in the Olympics and uh you know in the southwest that is that's what gets me going man and it's those smaller communities with with guys gals and kids that are out there that really don't get don't get exposed to this message and only like i said the only reason i did is cuz i searched it out when you know yeah. and when you're not searching for it and your and your rosy season and your blacktail season haven't been messed with um you know, you don't think anything's wrong until you kind of peer, peer your head up above the alders and it's like, oh, there's the wave coming. So it's it's trying to find – I don't know how to do it. I've, I'm, I've been cracking my brain on it with some others on, on really how to get into these communities and get this information out there and just be like, hey, th- this is happening uh, to us all and we, we really need to start waking up. And not just with money. I'm not asking people for money, but just your awareness and – you know, yeah, you know, but waking to, up to it to that point, Corey, the anti-hunting organizations are not afraid to ask people for money. And and I'm yeah, I'm I kind know. of I'm getting a little bit and and it's not I don't I, I I think that this sometimes becomes on on some other shows like a bigger issue than it really is, uh, because hunters do give a lot of money. Um, but we also get marketed to by all this gear and all this, you know, other, you know, name your organization. They're all great. You know, you've got mule deer foundations, you've got Rocky mountain elk foundations, you've got, uh, wolf foundations, you, you know, name your organization and your, you know, not for profit or, or sometimes in, in a lot of cases, a for-profit that, that we all want to support and we all want to give money to. But if, if like every hunter had to give, $35 to, you know, these 10 different organizations, that, that's actually a lot of money. And, and a lot of people yeah, don't have that I kind mean, of expendable income. And so, um, but we do have to have like this, this mindset that, you know, there is going to have to be, um, Randy Newberg talks about this. He, he's like, you know, everybody's got either money or they've got time, um, you know, or they've got, something else i can't i can't remember what the other i i, I want to say there was three things and like time talent and treasure yeah time talent yep. and treasure yes and i love i love the way he describes that because he's absolutely right if you don't have money put in some time if you don't have time put in some money because those those kind of things they kind of you know they have they they're like you either have time and no money because maybe you're not working much or or it's the, you know vice versa yeah you know let's face it uh and so uh, and then the talent thing, if you've got a special talent that, that you can maybe help some of these organizations by donating time or, or whatever, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to put it. So I, that kind of leads us into the uh, Conservation Coalition of Washington. And I, I want to maybe, Kelsey, um, can you describe uh, what the mission of the Conservation Coalition of Washington is and kind of walk us through what some of the goals and objectives are? And, and we'll, we'll, I, I know I've kept you guys. We're going on almost two hours here, so we'll, we'll wrap it up soon. So I'll, I want to say two things. Um, first, I'll, I'll talk about the coalition. So our big thing is trying to educate others um, about what is going on in Washington. I think where we um, as Washington hunters have messed up is we weren't paying enough attention. And there is so much disinformation and going around um, social media and throughout the hunting community, people don't really know how to fight because they don't really know what the problem is. They just hear these um, commissioners are anti-hunting, but they don't know how um, they are. So we try and inform the public about what is going on, keep them involved, um, 
and through not just talking about what is happening during commission meetings, but also bringing people to places like Howl for Wildlife, where we can, um, you know, sign different petitions. We also have our own petition going around um, as well to stop the conservation policy that has been proposed. We're doing a lot of education and gathering up forces for the hunting community. And um, okay. this is where um, other p- hunters from other states need to pay attention is get involved now, start your coalitions now, um, because not only is this coming, but the anti-hunters have already started their coalitions. They're already working. Get people into commission meetings, listening, uh, taking notes, getting timestamps so that you can e- educate those in your state about what is going on so the correct information is prevalent through the community and your social media groups so people know how to fight and where the fight is instead of just this broad they're anti-hunting or whatever you need to know how to fight back by knowing what is going on and where the problems exist so it's like you're you're trying to kind of create like a uh like a hub where, where all this information can be found out and verified and all that kind of stuff uh, to kind of spur other things. Is that, is that like a, a, a decent gist? That's some of it. We, I mean, some of the other guys might be able to speak a little bit more to this, but we have talent from um, all different places within the commission, people that are focused on different aspects of this fight and just bringing their talent and their um, strengths to the fight. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. What well, do you guys? Do any of you guys have anything to add to that uh, mission? You know, objectives or other other perspectives as to what the the coalition is is going to achieve. Well, I think Kelsey pretty uh, well um, nailed it. It's, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's exactly it. it. It's a hub for for information. Um, it's it's a hub to help. Uh, point people in the right direction if they want to get involved and to what extent they want to get involved um it's it's also been sort of a a hub to to aggregate maybe some of the social media presences that are local uh in order to to get as much information out as possible so that people can put to rest um sort of the rumors that they've heard with some correct information um there's folks you know in the coalition that that are involved with commission meetings um meeting with with department staff to gain further information um working on a variety of of research projects just to to sort of steer people in the right direction and and get the correct information out there um and how people should, should maybe react to that information well, guys, uh, th- this has actually been, uh, you know, a, a really interesting conversation. And, you know, I've learned a lot in in this and I, I think it's it's helping me kind of, you know, I, I, if, if you guys are familiar with my show, as we kind of roll into the fall hunts, this show kind of orients more on, you know, hunting strategies and finding elk and, you know, shooting bears, the, the those things that hunters can really use in the field. And then as, as we kind of roll out, we, we start rolling more into the issues of, of like this one. And and this is, this is actually the original, um, idea and premise of the Western Huntsman podcast was to, 
uh, open this dialogue and 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 kind of help spearhead some of the fights uh, against the anti-hunter. And to some of you anti-hunters out there that may somehow you know come across this episode, and you you commissioners that might be listening in in Washington. I want you to understand you can't demonize hunters for being hunters. I know that 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 effort exists and and you want to demonize us as like these evil, you know, bloodthirsty type of people uh, that just want to go out for the thrill of the kill and and uh, and, you know, drink a, a Miller Lite after. Let me tell you guys something that, that is not the essence of a hunter. Hunters are people that simply live close and on the land. And we we absorb and become part of nature for the fulfillment to to ourselves and our families and in a, in a, a providership that no other activity on this planet can provide and so i want you to think about that and, and again i'm talking to the the anti-hunting commissioner specifically you have to understand that our connection to this is not like we're playing a game of baseball and maybe maybe you scored a few more rounds than us. And so it's like, ah, dang it. Shoot, I'm going to kick the dirt and I'm going to go home. Uh, but tomorrow I'll be over it. We will not be over it. This is not something that's going to go away from our end. We will not get over this. This is not a game. This is our life. This is our lifestyle. And we will not be dictated to. We will not be told. And we will not be outsmarted by people who don't have any real concept of what it's like to be a hunter. This is this is not how this game is going to be played. And I'd rather extend a hand of you know I I would I would it, over these hostile conversations that sometimes erupt over this conversation. I would much rather have these commissioners on my show to talk about as as a dialogue, create dialogue, create debate, and have an actual conversation as to why. They might feel I'm wrong and I feel they, they're wrong. But I, the, the biggest point that I want in terms of like a takeaway, if, there, if there's a takeaway for, for folks like this to have, please understand this is not like just an, an election season where, oh, man, we lost the election. Well, better luck next time uh, or, or lost a game of checkers. Folks, this isn't like that. This is, this is a lifestyle and we take it very sincerely and dearly and it's very deep seated into our souls. And this is not going away. Kelsey, Corey, Mike, Josh, anything else to add before we wrap this up, guys? Um, I, I just want to say thanks again, Jim. Um, your, your show, your content has um, really ignited a fire in me to, to keep this going um, before even this coalition stuff. Uh, I've got to pay homage to the stuff that you did with uh, Chris Rowe and, and Guy DePlancha. Um, amazing stuff. I've gone you know back. Uh, uh, I, to some of that stuff. I appreciate you saying that because some of my favorite episodes were the ones I've done with, um, with Guy and Chris and, and those two, those two have been hiding from me, and and I'm telling you, it's time to get them back on. It's time to kick that series off again. You need to dig them back up for December for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send them some hate mail. Just wake them up. <laughs> but yeah, um, but that's that's it for me. It, it's been uh, it's been a great help. The the folks that I have found um, that are willing to to sort of listen to the message get the message spread the message um and, and help out where they can one thing that i really liked about recording this with with you guys man like all four of you 
brought your A game. You, you guys like you guys all made some really solid points. Uh, I just I, I want to say that before I, I hit the end record button, but uh, I don't know if Corey, Mike, or Kelsey still want to chime in on any kind of last closing thoughts on this. I know that that was like a fast two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quick. yeah, yeah. That went by real quick, man. But yeah, I just want to thank you for having us on here and trying to shed light in our little corner over here and on on what's going on and how this is greatly going to impact um just the west in general like like everybody's been kind of echoing here um don't think it isn't going to happen to you in your state it's they're not coming after the sexy items they're they're coming after the ones that are kind of in niche and they're they're going to inch their way closer and it it's coming and we're trying to meet it head on now in a delayed fashion but we're we're ramping up over here and we're trying to bring the fight to them. Yep. Yep. I love yeah, it. Jim, I just, I just want to thank you. Um, I mean, from the beginning, you've always been um, an advocate for us here in Washington and uh, you've always gone to bat for us. And I appreciate everything you've done in the past, what you're doing for us now and uh, look forward to what we can do in the, in the future. And I, I just really appreciate our friendship, bud. You know, I, I really appreciate hearing that, Mike, but I want to I, I want to say one thing about that. You know, um, I feel like I've had a lot of conversations about what's going on in Washington, and, and it's almost like I don't ever want to feel like an empty suit, man. I want to up my game from my end because uh, it's important to me that we succeed in Washington, uh, not just for the sake of hunting, but for the individual hunter in Washington. People always kind of dis, discount the... Uh, the the hunting culture in washington that it's it's long it's deep-seated it's it's a it's a wonderful hunting culture and there's some great people in the state of washington and also i gotta say there are some bad ass hunters that come out of the state of washington uh that are just extremely talented and and uh they they really set uh, a high bar for for a lot of other hunters and so and i'm not saying that to you know, be overly nice to, to my friends in Washington. It's it, like, I legitimately, I, I legitimately mean that. And, and I just want to do more as, as we go forward and, and uh, make sure that we can stop this onslaught of anti-hunting legislative actions uh, coming, coming out of this commission and other places like your, your, uh, your, your governor there, uh, which by the way, I had a conversation with Sammy bird. He's a, he's a candidate for governor. He might be a good option to look into. Uh, Kelsey, you're the only one that hasn't chimed in uh, for for kind of a final thought. Do you have anything to add? I just wanted to say thank you to you for all you're doing and helping us get the word out. I mean, it is so important. Um, What is happening here is scary. And I want other people to know because they need to get on top of it before it starts. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you bet. Thank you. Th- thank you guys all for coming on. Stick on the line for uh, for one minute, but uh, just a, r- a real quick here for, for those of you listening, there's a lot of ways outside of this uh, the, the, to help to help our friends in Washington. So whether you're in Washington or not, a couple of things that we could do is start this dialogue and start this conversation and start getting this information in front of a lot of people. Um, any of these podcasts that are recorded whether it's this one and this particular episode or some of the other ones in the past. What what was the name of that one you'd mentioned, Josh, that you guys were on and you had that commissioner on back in like July? 
Um, uh, what's the broadside podcast? Broads, the broadside podcast. I for some reason I always forget the name of that one, but uh, the podcasts like that, um, and and some of these other platforms out there that are trying to trying to get this information in front of people, um, share the heck out of these episodes. Uh, help 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 people understand. Uh, I am working on something where I'm trying to make a very relatable video for the non-hunter so that to, to help them understand that hunters are not how they were portrayed in Bambi. Um, that's, that's not what hunting is. That's not what hunting looks like. And, and I'm, I'm sick. I, and I don't know about you listening, but I, I'm sick of being demonized and portrayed like that. Uh, and, and, uh, Bambi's just one example. Um, if for, for some of you might not be old enough, but there was this movie Bambi and they really demonized the way hunters are like they set the woods on fire and they're shooting at deer running across the canyon. Also, <laughs> it was just ludicrous. I'm still mad about it. And I was like five when it came out. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the point is, is, is there's a lot going on on this end where we're going to, we're going to start making a, a greater effort to try to appeal to the non hunter, not the anti hunter to hell with them. We're talking about the non-hunter to help them understand our fight and our struggle and our reasons for spending the time in the woods as hunters uh, connected to nature in the way that we do. And hopefully that'll help uh, kind of sway that tide um, if if that uh, even is a saying. But you know, you guys are, I'm sure, smelling when I'm stepping in here. So anyway, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, feel free to um, check us out at the Western Huntsman podcast.com or uh, hit us up at Instagram at the Western Huntsman. Please help us by writing good reviews on this show. It helps the algorithms and it goes a long way. Bad reviews are just bad juju for everybody. If I die tomorrow, I'm going to haunt the people that wrote me bad reviews. So just keep that in mind when you start typing. Um, and uh, I appreciate everybody that the panel here, Corey Maxwell, Josh Capel, Kelsey Ross, and Mike Hers. Thanks. I, I hope, guys, that we can do this again. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the